Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Welcome back to The Five Star Life Show. I'm your host. I'm joined with my co-host, Coach Mia. Thank you, Seth. And we're actually in the studio together today. We're in the studio together today. That's right. Yes, we missed last week. or Well, we, we recorded, but I wasn't in the studio, so we did something it's new. It's all about you. If you're not here, it's like we did, it didn't happen. <laughs> I was But folks, we did have so a show. We did, and it was a good one. <laughs> it was a good one. What are we going to talk about today? Uh, you know, we're going to break down a lesson we just uh, actually filmed a couple weeks ago for students. Uh, the theme is rule, which means to have control or dominion. And we did this lesson talking about how to rule addiction, which is something that, you know, there's people that are leaning in like, oh, that, that's a good one. That's important. And others that are just like, I might just turn this off because I don't struggle with addiction, but not so fast. Um, there's a lot of research and a lot of data that would say otherwise. So research says that one in 10 people have a drug or alcohol issue. One in 10. So 10% of the country. Um, 11% of Americans are addicted to sex. 2% are addicted to food. I think that's low. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because we're talking about Mm self-reporters. So where do you report food addiction? Unless you're seeing a psychotherapist, right? Um, right? Well, really... Most addictions people would not report, I would think. Right. Yeah. So all these are underreported. Uh, so, and 2% are addicted to gambling. So if you're good at math, you're like, okay, that's 25%. That's, that 25% of the country has some kind of addiction. That's not that much. Well, not so fast. These are the smallest categories. 30% of Americans are addicted to coffee. They have a caffeine addiction. Okay, 30%. And here's the biggest one. 47% are addicted to their cell phones. Ooh. Okay. So now that puts us over 100%, and I haven't even gotten into major categories like pornography and others. That, I mean, so, so Americans, we are addicted. Yes, we are. Like when you stop and think about it, we have addictions, things that they have control over us, and we have to have whether it's that sugary drink, that coffee, whether it's that phone, it's that app, it's that movie, it's that show, whatever it is, we have all kinds of addictions. And the reality is um, addictions will either rule you or you will rule addictions. And so we want you to stop and just pause a little bit and think about um, what is ruling you. And ultimately, what these addictions do is, is they totally change our personality. They cause us to live life on their terms instead of on our terms. You have that craving, and so you have to feed it. You have to stop what you're doing. You have to avoid the conversations with your kids, with your spouse, or what you're doing at work, and you have to go feed that need, that physiological need. It becomes physiological, even though it starts you know, in your mind, in your brain. And so... Nobody wants to be addicted, but think about the little things, even if it's a sugar addiction. Like, think about this, a sugar addiction, which nobody on the planet can tell if you have a sugar addiction. 
I mean, unless unless you have like a candy jar on your desk, <laughs> and you I go know to some it people. All the time, and, <laughs> and you drink and eat sugar nonstop, then mm-hmm. people are aware, and it becomes a joke. But it's not a laughing matter. So get this: we we just did this lesson in food. We'll we'll hit this again, but sugar alone is one of the major causes of inflammation in our lives. And inflammation is the root cause of just about every sickness and disease on the planet. When you break down sickness and disease, at the core of it is what? It's in, it's inflammation. Mm-hmm. You have a joint, you have a ligament, you have a cell, you have a part of your body that's inflamed. It's causing all kinds of pain. It's screaming at you that there's something wrong. And sugar feeds it. So... That's sugar addiction. For those of you who are like, I have a sugar, no big deal. That's not harmful. Well, well, we'll do a lesson that breaks that down. This is a big deal. So to be clear when we're talking about addiction, the risks associated with a sugar addiction and a coffee addiction are definitely different than the risks associated with a drug or alcohol addiction, right? They're, they're definitely, the risks are different, but there's definitely, definitely collateral, uh, collateral damage mm-hmm. either way. In some way. So one of my close friends, um, great guy, I was in his wedding, he was in my wedding. Um, he had um, th- these health issues, started to have these health issues, um, didn't know what was going on, went, had his blood tested, went through all this, this big process, only to find out that his root issue, he, he actually had, it went into depression, um, he couldn't sleep. It was messing with his personality. Um, this is a very upbeat, positive, like grounded person, right? Well, he had depression for a couple of years. It threw him all out of whack. And what they, what the root issue was, a caffeine addiction. Really? Yep. Just, just too much caffeine. Started to wean himself off, cut it out. Totally fine. Interesting. And you wouldn't even think about it. So his doctor concluded caffeine was the major issue. Because how much is too much caffeine? <laughs> that, well, and, and that's the thing. You think you're good until mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have these side effects that often if you don't have the right type of doctor, you never find it. Right. You take pills, right? Mm-hmm. And my husband and I, we both love coffee. And um, just like a couple of years ago, we both started to kind of evaluate. Now, I don't, drink a, I don't drink a pot of coffee a day, but I would have coffee at home. Then I'd grab one on the way to work, come here, maybe have one. And then it was like, man, this I don't even need it. It's like you're, I'm almost like mindlessly drinking coffee just to drink coffee. Well, and that's good that you're self-aware and aware mm-hmm. of it. And you caught it before it became like a health issue. Right. Because, you know, it, it's coffee is actually good for your body. <laughs> right? With consistency. But if you drink too much, then it becomes toxic to your body, mm-hmm. just like a lot of things. Well, and also probably black coffee versus, you know, all the additives that Sugar, some of cream, us like. All yeah. That stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good for your health. Right. <laughs> Let's clarify. <laughs> clarify. Uh, so, but, but this is exactly how addiction happens, mm-hmm. right? It, it's just, it's that sip of coffee. It's that, that sweet drink. It's just that glance at our phone. It's, it's what, this is how addiction starts. Do you also think it starts? Because when you were talking about all these addictions and I was like, oh, I could stop coffee. I could stop that. I could stop. You know what I mean? I think most of us in our minds are like, I'm not addicted. Like I could stop anytime I want. Yeah. That's a great litmus test. Just go ahead and stop that. Mm -hmm. Just, just go ahead and stop. And then if it's a hard thing to stop, then you know, you have addiction. If it's easy, then you know, you're in control, which is a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, 
I am I am fasting for the last two weeks. I've been fasting, just to let, just to send a message to my body. Just like, am I in, in, really in control of my body? So when I talk about fasting, I'm just like fasting. Um, I'll just eat an evening meal. So, so and that's just one simple way of me testing. Like, okay, does does this food category have a grip on me? Does does this item have a like? What's in control? Am I in charge or not? Mm-hmm. And I would say that's a great thing to do once in a while. Um, just fasting is so good for the body. Um, but you can fast from co- uh, from coffee. You can fast from your phone. You can fast mm-hmm. from uh, all kinds of things. Just test yourself a little bit. And we're challenging you. <laughs> we are. This is not, uh, for some of you, you're like feeling major judgment right now. That's not what this is about. Um, this is about, health, ruling your health, ruling your life, and not letting things take a grip on you, like a vice where you're locked in, you're held in bondage. Um, So it's interesting for kids, we just say, you know, when you are in those formative years, the habits, the eating habits, the diet, the things you get hooked on, they they, they really go with you the Mm -hmm. rest of your life. So most of my uncles who smoke cigarettes, they started as teenagers, right? And so uh, we did this little little study. I found out that my uncle, if he would have sacrificed cigarettes, given up cigarettes when he was 20, just like, yeah, okay, I'm smoking as a teenager, but as, as, as an adult, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm not going to let this addict me and rule me. He, if he just would have taken the money he spent on smokes from 20 to 60 and just put that into mm-hmm. a mutual fund, a mutual fund, that money he saved, he would have had over a million dollars in an account. Wow. So, so you think about the ramifications for the choices in our lives. Mm-hmm. This is just great stuff to think about. And guess what? He doesn't have a million dollars no. in his savings. All just one choice. Simple stuff. All right. This is how addiction happens. It's these small things. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about a kid named Talishan who got addicted young and how he got addicted young. But if you're just tuning in, go to fivestarlife.org. Find out how you can get more involved volunteering, donating, or bringing this program to a school near you. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the Five Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm Coach Seth, your host, and I'm joined here in studio with my co-host, Coach Mia. Thanks, Seth. We were just talking about addictions. Yes, we were. And so, you know, I, I told students in this lesson, we're unpacking really this idea that you know, America is more addicted than it's ever been, whether it's food addictions, um, alcohol, drugs, porn, screens, coffee, whatever it is, we have addictions. And they, they alter your personality. They, they steal, they rob your life, they rule you, they dominate you. And it's so important that we start to reassess and look at what are we really in control of? Are we living the lives that we want to, or is addiction messing with us? And even when you think about your health, a lot of our health issues come back to some form of addiction. 
whether we're addicted to stress or anger or fear or caffeine or drugs or sugar, like a lot of our health issues come from addiction. Nobody really talks about that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a real thing. We will cover that in, in a little more detail uh, in a couple weeks. But there's a kid named uh, Talishan. And um, Talishan was addicted by age 16. And he came by it honest because his dad was an addict mm-hmm. and he had older brothers who were experimenting like crazy. So he grew up in a home where like alcohol, drugs, it was all normalized. He didn't know any other way. It was just a part of life. And so, you know, when he was young, he started to experiment, smoke, you know, smoke a little bit of weed, drinking alcohol. Um, but then he started mushrooms and acid. And then he moved on to powders like ecstasy. Mm. And it was fun at first. Him and his friends would, would, would do powders together and they'd get giggly and everything was funny. And it was just this wild trip. But then it started to turn. And he didn't, he can't really remember when it turned, but he remembers one day when his friend came to him and had a black eye and had told him, you did this to me. He didn't even know it. And he realized, I I have flunked out of school. I, I have hurt the people I love the most. This is no longer fun. This is ruining my life. I want to stop. And ultimately, you know, people hear stories like that and just like, what, man, I, I can't even relate to that. Why would you let to get to that point? And others, you can totally relate. You've been there. So why do people get addicted? Uh, what, what do you think, Mia? Gosh, you know, I when you were sharing that story and um, before about addictions, it's like some of the addictions, I, I believe, you know, that and I hate to say this, but it's almost like like my addiction to like, I'm not addicted to candy, but I love candy because my mom, that's how when we came home, there was always candy. You know, it wasn't an apple. It was candy. It was potato chips. It was like, and I love all those things. Um, some would say I'm addicted to chips and I, you know, I do love them. And, and, I, it, and I hesitate to say that because, you know, we always want to blame our parents. Sure. But, you know, you watch today's parents with giving their kids phones just to, you know, so they'll be quiet during dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true because it it is cyclical and, you know, science has proven that foods have the same chemical impact as a drug. So it's gambling, it's sex, it's food that all release endorphins. Mm -hmm. And endorphins are set off through our, through our system and they make us feel happy. They make us feel amazing. And the other thing they do that's the most dangerous is they set us in a cycle. They remind us when we're maybe feeling down or maybe we're bored. Your, your brain is like, hey, you want to feel better? Remember that one thing you did? Well, you smoked it, you watched it, you ate it, whatever it was you did. Here, here's the key to feeling better. Mm. You can really, I'll release endorphins if you give me this. Mm-hmm. And so your body begins to be trained and it starts talking to you, starts screaming to you. That's the addiction. And yes, it can start young and it starts innocent. We're just learning over the last probably decade of how influential foods are. And so foods are a major source of addiction. And so when kids throw tantrums and need sugar and need chips and need things, 
it's a legit thing. Mm. Physiological, their body is screaming for it because we've trained them that way. So it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. We're not blaming parents, but for every parent that's listening, um, think about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Think, Think about what are you feeding your kids? Look into it. And I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, Coach Seth, this is overwhelming. I don't want this to be overwhelming. This should be empowering mm-hmm. because you can set your kids on a track, on a course, and if they're already if they're already half grown, you can start now. It's never too late to start and start thinking about those things. I just had a conversation with one of my sons last night. Um, we're in the middle of a little bit of a detox, a food detox for him mm-hmm. because the dude is like craving sugar all the time. He wants to eat sugar all the time. I'm like, okay, we're going to do a, a, a week fast from sugar. So like for the next week, you don't eat any sugar. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you what, the the, the demons <laughs> come out, man. It, it's like, my, my kids are amazing, but just take away that sugar and you see another side and it's like, I mean, just nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, and it, it's like your precious kid is all of a sudden angry and irritable and saying things. It's like, I said, so your actions right now are evidence that there's a problem. Right. Just so you know. And do they see that? So what you're doing and saying, it's only re-supporting me even more with what we're doing right here. And they hate that, of course. <laughs> but it's going into their brain. Mm-hmm. And they're realizing, okay. And and you know what? I don't care if my kids like all the stuff I do. I'm the adult. I'm the parent. And maybe they'll thank me later. Maybe they'll go to counseling later. I don't know which. <laughs> it's kind of their choice. Yeah. Right? But it's your job. But it's my job. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm joking about the counting thing because they, they pick up on it. They're learning. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, health is a big deal. And he's going to start to feel better because he's cutting sugar for a week. He's going to start to physiologically feel much better. Mm-hmm. And what, what I'm teaching him is take control. I'm a parent, so I'm taking control of this for you right now. But you can learn to control this so that your go-to is not that sugary bar or sugary. We, we have... Uh, we definitely eat clean mm-hmm. organic foods, but you can eat organic foods that are terrible for you. Right. <laughs> There's natural sweeteners, but too much of it is still bad for you mm-hmm. and causes addiction. So as alternatives aren't like as bad as the normal alternatives, but they're still addictive. Right. I used to have a friend that she had a food addiction and she didn't want her girl. She had all four girls. And what they decided was that they allowed their kids to make choices. So you could, they counted grams of sugar, which most of you are like, oh my gosh. But if you start to look, there's a lot of sugar in a lot of things. But her kids learned choices. They weren't deprived. But, and, and you know what? It worked for their family. And I commend that. Mm-hmm. I, the, the most, I mean, the key as a parent, you want to educate your kids. Mm-hmm. It's not really about the sugar. It's not about the calories. It's not about the weight to me. It, it's, it's about the principle of, are you in control? Mm-hmm. Right? That, that, that's what it comes down to. Right. I think... Oftentimes we get hung up because we're focused on the calories. We're focused on the weight more than we are on being healthy and in control. And if you focus on the core of being healthy and in control and feeding your body instead of letting your body, like, like it's that whole principle of living to eat or living for food versus eating uh, or eating to live, mm-hmm. right? There's a difference. And when you, when you get that straight, it's helpful. All right. We kind of veered off from... We did. <laughs> but th- that that's it is perfect because th- the number one reason that we're addicted is because of our appetite. That's it. We just 
we are out of control. We give in to an indulgence and we give ourselves over because it feels good, tastes good, looks good, whatever. And we give ourselves over to that. And we indulge because what? Physiologically, our body is taken over. We are too weak or too lazy to be in control. That's harsh. <laughs> but isn't that what it is? It is, it's, yeah. It's weakness and it's laziness. Mm-hmm. Which, th- that feels kind of ouchy, but it's really empowering because that's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's just weakness and laziness. You can flip that today. You can choose right now that you're going to stop that because you are actually able to take control and say, okay, I'm going to start with one day at a time. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It's actually a game changer. Um, the second reason we become addicted is because of trauma, right? We, you've heard of comfort foods. Mm-hmm. We, we learn through painful experiences to find comfort somewhere. So I'm going to go to whether it's whatever form of addiction, we find something to cope. And I can't stand the word cope because cope means you live with it. And what Five Star Life is all about is all about being victorious, about conquering, about being in charge, and about living your best life, not coping, mm-hmm. not living with it anymore. And there are so many places you'll go that will tell you, just cope with it. You'll have it the rest of your life. I think that is, um, I think that message, it feels like, well, they're being realistic about it. I think it's very defeating and very limiting and I think it, it misses the very best. I think coping is more like a three or four star life. And you know what? It's way better than being a one or two star life. Yeah. Coping is better than indulging or whatever. But I'm all about, man, why don't you just overcome it so that you're in control? That That's a five star life. All right. I went over in time. Uh, we got to take a quick break. Go to fivestarlife.org to get involved. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Coach Seth here, your host of Five Star Life, and I'm joined in studio with Coach Mia. Welcome back. Thanks, Seth. That was quick. Coach Seth. You know what? <laughs> I, I can be quick if I need yeah. to, you know? I can I can adjust. I, I, that really threw you off, didn't it? It did because <laughs> you can't say hi and it doesn't take five minutes. So that is Just for kidding. sure. <laughs> I'm adapting. I'm adapting. Yeah. I can adjust. I'm not addicted to doing it the same way every time. Yeah, I can do the intro differently. Okay. I, apparently, I am addicted. That I need you to do it the same every Throwing time. Me off. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I was I was telling in a previous segment a story about Talishan, mm-hmm. who was addicted at 16. I mean, his life was just falling apart. He had messed up his relationship with his best friend. He's dropped out of school. He's an absolute loser. And he cannot, he wakes up one day and he's looking in the mirror. He cannot recognize himself. And so he's, he's like, I need to get help. And one of the things that he said was the most helpful was, was stopping the isolation. 
Like he was doing all this stuff because he got to the point where he's doing it by himself. It, it, it wasn't enough to do it with friends. He now needed uh, a fix more often, so he'd do it alone. And people had no idea how much he was spiraling until they'd see him in that state. And so the key was one of the reasons that we, uh, we, we, we get addicted and we stay addicted is because of isolation. And so a part of, of moving on and starting to rule addiction is when you can acknowledge to someone that is in a relationship with you that I've got a, like, I've got a struggle here. I've got an issue here. Now that's hard for us to do because we have a lot of pride and we don't want people to judge us. But if, if you don't have people in your life that you can, that you can be honest with, you're doing life wrong. Like you need to find some people that aren't going to judge you, but that will help you. Not people that will say, hey, I'll drink with you or I'll do this with yeah. you. Like, not people you can commiserate with, but people that you can uh, grow with. Um, that was a big part of his, of his whole healing. So there, there's a journalist, Johan Hari, who had friends who battled addiction and lost their battle with addiction. And so he, as a journalist, began to research and find out, like, what is it the core issue of addiction? He found all the traditional, excuse me, all the traditional research, but he concluded that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. And he makes such a great point. And um, a lot of uh, psychology research would, would support this idea that um, addiction is filling a void that that addiction was never meant to fill. Like, like, like f- food or sex or alcohol or drugs, it was, it was never meant to fill that void. They're all things that, that well, except for like misusing uh, or using illegal drugs. I'm not saying that's, that's a good outlet. But like alcohol, there's nothing wrong with alcohol in itself. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with caffeine. There's nothing wrong with sex. There's nothing wrong. But it's, it's how those things are infused in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and so what he's saying is what we really want is we want connection. We're hardwired neurologically and biologically to be connected in a relationship. And when we are isolated, we have to fill that connection with something. We feel close to our food. We feel close to whatever we're addicted to. And what does it do? It replaces the natural highs from being engaged in relationships, loving, caring, friendships, connection, trust, intimacy. When you don't get that, you have to get it some other way. Gosh, when you're talking about that, I mean, the first thing I think of is the phone, our screens, is that has replaced connection. I mean, yesterday I was like, I got to I gotta text my brother. I text him. I'm like, why don't you call him? <laughs> like, you know? Oh, no, texting is just so much easier. Well, and, and that's the thing about our phones is th- these apps are set up to notify us. So they're popping up all the time. And how many times, at least for me, like Facebook or Instagram, I'll be minding my own business, doing great, and all of a sudden a notification pops up. I'm like, oh, I got to check this out. It's like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. And maybe turn those notifications off. We've mentioned this before, but that may be a key. And what happens, you spend the next 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, scrolling, and you get done. You don't feel good. No. Like when's the last time you 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 binge uh, you binge something on your phone and felt great. Like, man, I just climbed a mountain. I just connect. Man, I'm so connected to all those people I scrolled and, and just, just checked out. You end up walking away feeling like you just wasted that time. Mm-hmm. And then you feel guilty and then you feel shame. And that's the opposite 
of what we're trying to feed. So, so there's this interesting relationship we have with all of these tools. All, am I saying that Facebook or Instagram is evil? No. It, again, it's the question is, is it ruling you or are you ruling it? Is it a tool? Then it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But put some parameters and don't let, don't let Facebook and Instagram replace your relationships. Because what you want is intimacy. Call up your brother. Call up a friend. Instead of looking at them online, call them up. Mm-hmm. We have to return to where we came from because we were healthier before all of this stuff. We are more connected. Now, we might be more updated on a thousand people, but we're less connected with the three people we care about the most. Sure. So as a parent, so how, give us some advice. Like how do we stop our children from going down you know, the wrong path or... So, I mean, when you can see there's addiction, call it out, talk about it, have a conversation, ask questions. And, and, and if you can start to, this is where our app is going to be so helpful because in January, we're going to launch our app for parents. So literally you can download our app. And if you like this lesson, you can find this lesson in our app broken down for kids. It'll be seven minutes long, eight minutes long. You can watch it together. There'll be questions that you can process through so that you're not the bad guy. You're not in a weird situation. You're just walking through a situation with them and walking through a conversation and you're doing it together. That's the best way to do these things. Because when you see there's addiction, you see signs of it. It's so important as a parent, you don't just put your hands over your ears, put your head in the sand that Mm -hmm. you address it. But this this app is going to be a great thing to get ahead of it. So it's like, let Coach Seth be the bad guy. And for some reason, kids love Coach Seth. They do. Because I'm not your parent. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not the irritating person. I'm just a person that they don't, they don't know from anywhere, but that's challenging them and bringing the gold from the, from the inside out. And they can listen to me objectively because uh, I, I'm not the one that's disciplining them. Mm-hmm. I'm not the one that's dropping the hammer. I'm just saying, hey, if you want to live a great life, here's the key and here's the research to back it up. Now you choose. Mm-hmm. So I kind of lob it up for parents. And it's so good. You said it. It's also, I mean, I think you don't have to really be a parent to, you know, benefit from our curriculum and our app either. I love it. And just to watch. And I, you know, I say this often, but I get so much out of it. And I'm part of filming it and editing it. And I still watch them. And I always say nobody gets more out of it than me doing all the research and living mm-hmm. it out. It's it's fun. And and this is a great uh, a great segue. What we're made to be addicted to is love. We, we're hardwired to be connected in loving relationships. You know what else we're addicted? We're, we're, we're wired to be addicted to? Purpose. So, so we're supposed to be filled with purpose and we're supposed to be driven from the inside out to fulfill our destiny. We have so many gifts, so many talents. And... Can you allow your work to become an unhealthy addiction where you neglect your other responsibilities? Yes. But we're talking about balancing all these Mm -hmm. things out. You can have a healthy addiction to what you do. You can have a healthy addiction to the loving relationships that you have. Those are healthy addictions that, that fuel your life, that give you clarity, that give you peace and that are really fulfilling. That's, the way life is meant to be lived. And you can be addicted to, I'm addicted to energy. 
I'm addicted to feeling good. So that's what drives me to eat the foods I do. I love to feel good. So, so there are some positive addictions. They're not all bad. The question is, what is in charge? And are you ruling them? Or are they ruling you? We've just got a couple, uh, like a minute left, Seth. Give us a, like an easy way to kind of test this in our lives. Um, so, so, so take a minute to sit down and just look at any area of your life. I know even while we've been having this conversation, the wheels are turning. You have an area or two. And I would just say, one, don't beat yourself up. We're all on a journey. I'm working on things. I'm working through things. And right now, it's food. I, I, I just, I've just slacked a little bit in the amount of sugar I've eaten. Cereal is a big deal for me. That's, that's my go-to. I love granola. It's got a lot of sugar in it. And so, for me, it's been like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut these foods out. And I'm actually just going to gonna challenge my body a little bit. I'm going to cut sugar and I'm going to cut all food just to tell my body like you're not in control Mm -hmm. my mind is going to be in control and I'm going to eat a limited diet for these certain days this week and I'm going to be absolutely fine I'm going to take charge of this you're no longer longer in control to push your body tell what to do that's the challenge that's good five star life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350 acre training facility that we call summit These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Coach Seth here. Welcome back to the show here in studio with Coach Mia. Thanks, Seth. So we're talking about addiction. And, that, you know, I was going to say it's a heavy conversation. It is a heavy conversation, but there's hope. And that's what we teach kids. There, there is so much hope. And what, what I want to make so crystal clear, you have two camps when it comes to addiction. You have one camp that says, uh, cope with it. You'll always be this way. Uh, and then the other camp that I'm in says... You can overcome this, and you can have victory and take charge and be in control, and you can you can move beyond it. And that that's where I'm coming from. I believe it's really possible, and you can take steps to to start to rule addiction, no matter what it is. And what I tell kids, this is a big one. This is so simple but so profound. Um, we tell kids, you overcome, you rule by making pre-choice choices. So if Mia, if I, in my sugar addiction, because I had a sugar addiction, if I wait until I'm standing in front of the fridge or in front of the, the pantry, if, if I wait until then to, to make decisions about what I'm going to eat, it, the battle is already lost. It is too late. I am losing 100% of the time. Because you know what's driving me at that point? My appetite. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't made a pre-choice choice. A pre-choice choice is making a choice before you have to make the choice. Not when you're in the front of the pantry or the fridge. Um, not when you're at the, the at the restaurant. When you when you set the reservation for the restaurant, when you know we're going to eat, you make a pre-choice choice. What am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? What do I? What does my body need? And, and if it's if it's drugs, making a pre-choice choice. Obviously, there's addictions counselors. There's all kinds of other things. Some of that stuff is really in-depth. 
But there's something very powerful about saying, I'm going to make a pre-choice choice. If alcohol is an issue, I'm going to just get rid of that issue. I'm going to get rid of all alcohol in my house. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to get rid of it. That's what I'm doing right now with fasting. I'm just saying, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to starve you right now because I'm going to remind you of who's in control. And I, I, I like to, sometimes I like to send my body a message. So the thing I started doing in January, that was another way to send my body a message that you're not in control. Because as I'm aging, I'm 44, your body starts to talk even more to you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I learned that cold showers are really good for your health. My body doesn't want a cold shower. So I started taking cold showers. That was one more way of me saying, uh, I'm going to control my breathing. I'm going to control my body. I'm not going to shiver. I'm not going to chatter. I'm going to control everything about my body when it's freezing. Those are That's like just a little extra challenge to say, I'm going to control my body. It's mind over matter kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, and I, you know, when people are listening, they might be like, oh gosh, Coach says that that's so extreme. But even you had just said, and I, I know it relates, but to control your breathing, like you can take steps. You don't have to start in the cold shower. Start with, you know, controlling your breathing and work your way into that. So I think that's important too, that there are steps. It it is. And and it comes down to making up your minds, pausing long enough to think about what's ruling you and then how you want to rule it. And then making some choices, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sex, whether it's something on the internet, whatever it is, you look at that issue and say, okay, this is a problem. I've got to make some decisions the next time I'm tempted with this, what is my escape? What is my outlet? What am I going to replace this with? And th- that is a, a big key. So like, you know, you're, you're replacing food right now with something. I'm replacing food with something, mm-hmm. whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's, whether it's the extra time during that meal to talk to somebody. I'm replacing food with something. I- I'm replacing uh, that, that addiction with something that's actually going to be good for me. So a pre-choice choice is so powerful because you're not waiting until you're hooked. <laughs> Don't, you're, you've lost traction. Mm-hmm. You're being very proactive about it. And it's, it's, there's something amazing psychologically that takes place, neurologically. When you make a decision and you set your mind to something, you have a resolve, your body follows suit. But if you're just like, I'm going to try this, now you're going to try and fail. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to fail every time. But when you say, okay, I'm drawing the line in the sand. Today, I'm not eating, drinking, smoking, doing this. And this is normally when I do this activity. This is the time when I'm normally tempted to do this activity. This is my go-to when this situation happens at the office. If you will sit down and process, your mind is brilliant. Mm-hmm. You'll come up with some pre-choice choices, some things that you can start to prevent. And then you come up with, okay, so in advance, I'm going to choose to do this instead. You're setting yourself up for success because now it's not Michael Jordan standing at the free throw line. He always says this, you can't sit at the free throw line when the game's in line and think, I hope I don't miss. I hope Mm. I don't miss. I hope I don't miss. You're it's, it's the wrong psychology. You've got to be thinking it's going in, it's going in, it's going in. So he trained himself at the free throw line. He's not thinking, oh man, that's a big crowd. There's a lot of noise. He's not distracted by all those voices. 
He's thinking this is going in. Why? He trained himself to think that way. We do the same thing. When we make pre-choice choices, we start to train ourselves for the appropriate response under pressure. And then we can be clutch. And then we can change our behavior, our actions, our addictions. Now we're in control again. And it happens one little choice at a time. And before long, you're in control. Mm -hmm. And that's power. And with pre-choice choices too, it, it's not like it's, you don't have to sit there. It's not, I mean, it's, it's a quick thing if you put your mind to it yep. and focus. Yeah. It's quick. It's just like, yep. Uh, cause the voice, your, your body's going to scream to you. Mm -hmm. It's going to call out to you and you can scream right back with your solution. Nope. I'm doing this. And, and there's some satisfaction. There's some real satisfaction when, when you just kind of laugh at it and say, Oh, I hear you but I'm in control. There's some real power in that where, when you start to take grip of the steering wheel of your life again. Mm -hmm. That's good. We got a couple of minutes left. What do you want to leave us with? Um, you, you know what? Talishan, that student that, that was addicted at 16, mm -hmm. he, he is now um, serving, helping other kids. He is now drug-free. He's an honor roll student. He's doing great. And it was because he, he got help and, and he started to replace the isolation with relationship, with connection. He's found healthy people that, that have actually been through similar things that he meets with, and they challenge each other. They encourage each other. And so that, that support system was everything for him. And so if, if you're trying and failing and you're doing it alone, it's, it's because you're doing it alone. When you have some others that have been there and they're not condemning, they're not hating on you when you blow it, because you're going to blow it here and there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're not perfect. But even if we can take two steps forward and a step back, we're still making progress. And I always say this, in sports, in basketball, when I coach players, the worst thing they can do when they miss a shot or turn the ball over or fall down is stay on the ground or focus on the last play. So we have a saying in five-star basketball, next play. Mm. And I think that that has got to be your go-to, next play. So what you gave into the temptation, what, so are you just going to go ahead and stay there? Or you say next play? It's a win if you drop where you're at and walk away from it. That's still a win. Right. It, we've got to find the small victories. I love that. So we'll just get one more for us. Uh, I, I've got a lot more, but yeah. So, so what I want to do is I want to shift and, and I want to challenge everybody's listening to think about this. Um, what if every school in America had our program? What if every kid in America could learn these foundational principles and start to take control? This would save so many kids so much difficulty, so much pain. And th this is something that I want to challenge you to think about being a champion for Five Star. We're looking for people in every community across this country that would make an introduction to their school to bring Five Star to their community. We've got to stop being reactive and we got to be proactive. Let's, let's give kids the foundation before they're in trouble, before they're addicted. Let's give them the tools to empower them. That's the key. If you want to do that, go to five star life, five star life.org. It's the word five or the number five, the word star, the word life.org. And um, hit the contact us button. Send us an inquiry just saying, hey, I'd like to be a, an advocate, a champion for five star life in my community. And somebody will be in touch right away. Thank you so much, Coach Mia. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.